Welcome into 11 Personnel presented by Monticello Bank. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett, and the Cats are getting ready to go down to Georgia where the devil had a soul to steal. I mean, and here's the thing. I feel like I know the words that the song's playing, Luckett, but just going off the cuff of that, that's tough. That's tough. A uh, tricky karaoke song. Yeah. I used to know most of it. Uh, that was Guitar Hero days, heavy drinking days back then. Um, God, God, I can't even think how like it goes. Top of my head now. But uh, he maybe we'll hear it a time or two this weekend. He was fine. Yeah, yeah. willing to make a deal. Yeah, there we go. Tell you once, you son of a bitch, I'm the best that's ever been. There we go. I know band all the of demons. Son of a band sounds something like this. <laughs> and that's what we're going to do. We're going to practice sing for you all night tonight here on 11 Personnel. Actually, we are going to uh, chat with Dion Walker. We're going to break down Kentucky versus Georgia, the best we know uh, to this point in the season. As Kentucky looks for just its fourth ever win over a number one ranked team in college football. And, uh, to snap Georgia's 32-game regular season winning streak, they've won 22 straight games, haven't lost a night game in Athens since the Cats turned them over four times back in 2009, and Randall Cobb got the dub. So there's there's a lot on the line this Saturday. Uh, but before we get to it all, we got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, Monticello Bank, the best in the business. They've been in business for 128 years, almost as long as Georgia's win streak, um, and they will take care of you. 28 branches, 13 different counties, Monticello Bank. They put people first. It's where people matter. Visit them online, nbcbank.com. Um, or if you're going with the Cats down to Georgia and you need to do a little mobile banking, the Go NBC mobile app is there. They got you covered. Whether you're getting a car loan, home loan, whatever it might be, just a little personal banking, they got you covered. Monticello Bank, where people matter. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Check them out today. Equal housing lender. Lender. <laughs> like it is it before we get into we because we got a couple of other things we want to touch on. I did want to say, doesn't it feel kind of this this Georgia game feels a little bit different than normal in that even though they might be the most vulnerable they've been, there isn't. I, I don't. I don't feel the fear from Georgia fans, and I don't feel the buzz from Kentucky fans. Am I am, am I off base here? I do think there was maybe more gin pop buzz for the 2021 game, just general population. Mm-hmm. I do get the sense that Kentucky fans, specifically diehard Kentucky fans, probably the people that listen to our show. The nerds, yeah. yeah. They're like really – I think they really think that Kentucky has more than a puncher's chance here. And mm-hmm. I think that too. Uh, for a lot of reasons we're going to get into – uh, but yeah, I uh, I do think there this is not it. There there wasn't the lead up to this game two years ago, but a lot of that lead up had to do with Georgia's team. I think two years ago, Nick. Yeah, like they hadn't they won a national title yet. Mm-hmm. They were just kicking everybody's ass that year. Yeah, um, the defense was just ridiculously talented, and you had the backup quarterback stuff at that time. So you knew like Georgia had this great defense, but the whole question was, can they win, Can they keep winning with Stetson Bennett? Right? Is Stetson Bennett good? Right. Uh, that was the whole yeah, storyline yeah. about this game. And then it was college game day. It was in Athens for the game. Um, it was the biggest game that Saturday. Um, and it's not this time around. 
Um, so that 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 has changed, I think, from a certain aspect. But I think a lot of it has to do with just uh, I don't, Georgia has. There's more like Georgia fatigue, I would say. Where back then they were still like, can they started. can they break through? Right? Can he finally right. get over the hump? Can Kirby Smart finally get this program over the hump? Um, are we still going to get Mike Griffith? Dogging the cats on Paul when I'm we're driving sure, down I'm to sure, Athens. I'm sure on our drive, a uh, <laughs> biannual tradition when we go to Athens, we hear uh, a dog nation, Mike Griffith, um, give uh, make some old jokes about Saban and probably have some jokes about Brian Kelly cooked he, up. Definitely some jokes about Billy Napier. He, he's, sure. Isn't he like a – he's kind of like blank, right? The Blankenspanker? Or just you know, he just comes in and says some wild stuff. But I, I think he's he's a little more polished than Blank though, because at least like, at least his stuff, it's like it feels like there's some knowledge, like there is some actual brain horsepower behind it. Um, <laughs> you call him Louisville media guy that doesn't have a brain horsepower. <laughs> I mean, he just says some stuff that it's like, dude, are you even watching the sport? Right? He was comparing NC. He said NC State is just a difficult environment as uh, Sanford Stadium, which I was just like, oh, twice the people. Interesting. <laughs> Georgia. That's, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That was a take. I will say, um, <laughs> that's the. I've been to LSU and I've been to Alabama. LSU is crazy, but Sanford Stadium, like, it's underrated game day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. that place gets after it. Uh, and they have the coolest kind of like set up and like the video and how they kind of set everything up mm-hmm. and the stadium's just cool because how it's built into the the ground essentially how you enter um, that place gets rocking and it gets really loud the students are on top of you yeah uh, it, it, the place get, i mean it jumps in and there. when we say it'll jump on saturday night it, it's you can't hear the person next to you when you try mm-hmm. to talk to them and it, it's it's deafening so um it's certainly going to be a hornet's nest there uh, Georgia fans, they're kind of waiting for a breakthrough, particularly offensively. They still haven't covered the spread this year, but they're still at the top of the SEC East. I want to say this is the – Mark Story had a fun stat. This will be the third or fourth time that the winner will once again claim the top spot in the SEC East. But let's let's dive into that briefly, Luckett, because things are, things are feeling kind of weird in that – I know, I think you talked me into predicting Missouri as a trap game at the start of the season. But oddly enough, they're kind of the most consistent team right now, maybe, perhaps. Uh, Tennessee lost Brew McCoy for the year. South Carolina's just been very underwhelming, aside from like a fun first half at Georgia. This SEC East is just, it's a big old mess right now. Yeah, I think for Missouri... You can make the argument they made the best coordinator hire to the, uh, of the offseason in the conference at this point. I mean, they've turned uh, Kirby Moore has turned Brady Cook into like a top flight quarterback in college football. I mean, they're throwing the ball over the yard. Luther Burden's putting together an All American season. That's going to be a challenge for Kentucky next week. Now they have to play LSU, mm-hmm. and they I mean they they have flaws too, but they're playing some good football right now. You know yeah. that I mean the Kansas State game Nick could have gone. Either way, Memphis had was in that game against them. You know, Vanderbilt, that was close in the fourth yeah. quarter, uh, like two score close. Right. So it took them a while to put them away. They defensively, I think they might have some issues that were unexpected this year, but they, their offense is really throwing the football a ton yeah. and throwing and, the crap out of it. 
And, and so you got to give them credit too, just for for putting away those teams too, because as we saw mm-hmm. Kentucky last year, that that hasn't always been right. Right. Good. Like this is a team that they snuck, well, not snuck by, but they beat Middle Tennessee by four. They probably should have won by more than that, but Middle Tennessee is one and four. Yeah. And they're playing Jacksonville State tonight. If they lose, they could be one and five football team. Mm-hmm. Um, if Rich Rod's crew takes care of them in Murfreesboro tonight. So, like, they've had some moments where they, but they've kind of figured it out, I think. And that, that's one of the more intriguing games of the weekend is them playing LSU. And then you look at the rest of the league. You know, Florida's got a loss right now. They still got to play Georgia. They still got to go to LSU. You look at, you know, Tennessee still got to go to Alabama. They still have to go to Kentucky. We've talked about South Carolina, Vanderbilt. I think you, this is a really great opportunity here for Kentucky, Nick. Like, if you could go down and win in Athens, big if here, but <laughs> you go down and win, you're you're in the driver's seat. You control well, your own desk. You control your destiny with five SEC games left to play. Well, and, I mean, you and the thing even, about yeah, you just win ahead. the next two. I mean, just win. I, I mean, just win well, the next two. But seven and zero going into the bye week. The low key thing of the, there. The low key thing, uh, the low key part of the schedule this year. Kentucky may play the three worst teams in the SEC all on the road. Yeah. Mississippi State, Mississippi South, State Carolina. South Carolina, Vanderbilt. Yeah. You know, and you play the last, Mississippi State and Carolina in November. Who knows what they look like? It could be just totally out of it. Right. So then right. those games all of a sudden become a lot more winnable. Uh, if you take care of business there, then, then you got your big home games in the league play. You got three of them. Like if you beat Georgia and you take care of those road games, then you just have to win two or three at home. And oh, you're just, going to Atlanta. That's all you have to do. Just beat like Georgia. that's not like that. This is what this is what's at stake this weekend. Like it's it's not a slam dunk you get to Atlanta, but all of a sudden you have a lane. Now you just got to dribble down and make the layup. Um, and so we'll see how how it, how it breaks down this weekend. But I think Kentucky. I, this is their best chance to win this game. I, and since 2016, Nick, well, just. Full stop. Okay. Well, let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about going to Atlanta where we're going to buy our tickets on Game Time. <laughs> game Time app, GameTime.co. $20 off your promo code. Had a friend uh, text me today. Say, hey, what's that promo code? Because there's big games happening all across the country right now. Um, it's hard to come by those Louisville Notre Dame tickets. Uh, my sisters are coming in town. They want to watch the cards versus the Fighting Irish. Well, they can just hop on Game Time. $20 off. Your first purchase with the promo code KSR. Just click on settings, promotions, boom, KSR. $20 off your first purchase. And the thing I really like about the Game Time app, like it, because um, I have some friends who are just like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to go to that game or not. Like, it's a tough ticket. It might be expensive. I was like, listen, you got my promo code. And two, you can pay with Venmo. Venmo money is not even real money, Luckett. It. Like it's just, <laughs> yeah, like it's like Monopoly money. It's the it's the modern day loose change in your couch. <laughs> yeah, like uh, that's money I forget that I have. I probably got you know eighty bucks that I can chill out real quick for a ticket to go watch. Either you know if you're in town and you want to go to the party deck, you can do that. If you want to wake up feeling froggy, go to Georgia. Bada boom, bada bam, or save up for that SEC championship game after the Cats beat Georgia. Game time, it's the best place for last-minute ticket purchases to all your favorite concerts, uh, sporting events, and much, much more. Just download the Game Time app. Very easy. I, I mean, the Venmo tickets. Like, I've, come on. I mean, it's you're, you're, what are you using that money for? Use it to do something fun. Change your life. Change the game with the Game Time app. Game Time app, promo code KSR, gametime.co. Look it. 
I love that you're tooting this horn because you're tooting the the horn of like you're watching the X's and O's. I am the guy who looked up every single AP number one game over the last twenty. Actually, it was like thirty years, and was like these number one teams they ain't losing. Why are they ranked number one though, Nick? Well, that, that's true. But <laughs> but in 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 here, so I'm gonna lay out the stats and then talk myself out of it. But then I'll let you talk me back in because they. Okay. Team number one teams at home are 207 since 1992. 97% winning percentage. A number one team has not lost a regular season game at home in the college football playoff era. The four times they lost, one was to Jimbo at A&M. Uh, the other time, Trevor Lawrence had COVID at Notre Dame, and they lost in double overtime. That barely even counts. Uh, Al- the, Alabama also lost in 17 in the Iron Bowl. I think it was Iron Bowl, wasn't it? Either way, uh, mm-hmm. two. I think – the two times Alabama lost, they still won the college football playoff. So, like, point being, number one teams are number one for a reason. However, um, the one thing I noticed, too, when you looked at some of those, sometimes the number one teams would flip early in the season, and it's because preseason notions wouldn't be reinforced by their play on the field. And that's because you'd get some other team playing better. Like, you know, Lane Kiffin was preseason number one at USC one year. Right, the year that LSU in 07, they weren't number one to start the year. They they took over about four games in because they looked more impressive, and the preseason number one was struggling. I think it might have been Ohio State. Georgia's having that kind of play, but nobody else has been really good enough to take that mantle from them because Michigan's the only really argument you have against them, and they, they ain't played nobody, Paul. So I, that's where I could be talked into this locket because – Georgia has shown that that they are they aren't the same Georgia team, but pollers the, the pollsters the voters in the AP they aren't going to move them down when they haven't lost yet and they're the two time defending national champs like you just can't no, nobody's gone up and taken it from them yet. So now's Kentucky's opportunity. Simply put, going and trying to beat the number one team on the road is just hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a really hard thing to do. It doesn't happen on the road very man. often. Yeah. So that that's number one that gets you uneasy about mm-hmm. going to do this. But I think you got to look at the ATS number here, and it kind of shows you that Georgia is not the same Georgia we've seen. Nick, if you take out the COVID year, this is the first time Georgia hasn't been at least a three possession favorite since night twenty nineteen. No. Last, their two national title teams were big home favorites over everybody they played in Sanford Stadium. It's not the case here. In 2019, they were twice a two-touchdown favorite. They didn't cover any of the games. They won by combined 12 points over Notre Dame and Texas A&M. So they were fourth-quarter games that were decided late. So they, this is what we're getting into here, I, I think. You look at Georgia, they all – they're a really good football team. Like, and they've got really good players, and Brock Bowers is a total freak. But th- this team has some flaws, and we've yes. seen those to this point in the year. Weigh those flaws out, and I will, I'll, I'll be the bad guy. I, I'm happy to be the bad guy, and then just remind you that Brock Bowers plays for them because it, it is crazy that Georgia just always has one guy that is seemingly their Superman. Yeah. Yeah. But the difference is that it's a lot harder to get the Superman the ball. It's not like you just hand it off to Nick Chubb or DeAndre Swift. So mm-hmm. proceed with the chink, kinks in the armor. 
Yeah, just the banged up offensive line. So no Mary Smims. No Mary Smims, who was going to be their, their next top 10 pick at tackle. Banged up running back room. And so that has um, inhibited what has typically been, Nick, one of the more efficient running attacks in college football. Um, I, I it's had still a, efficient, but it's not like it usually is. Go ahead. I had a conversation with uh, Palmer Tomes, who does our stuff for Dogs HQ, which you'll be able to watch tomorrow. And I asked him their their injury situation, and it took like five minutes for him to go through it all, uh, particularly yeah. at running Banged back. Up football I mean, the, the one guy, Edwards, is basically their only – Fully mm-hmm. healthy. Kendall Milton played last week, but he's not. They have a, they have a receiver yeah. playing running back right now. That's yeah. the that's where they're at. It like ain't Dylan Bell plays receiver. He will get carries on Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> this for Georgia standards. This is a this is at as weak as they've been at running back in a long time yeah. for Georgia standards. Yes, you know Dejan De- Edwards is a really good player. Um, we're going to sh- talk about him here in when comes SGP time, single game parlay time. But he's a good player, and he's been efficient this year. But he just came back, Nick. I mean, he was banged up. So that running the football has been an issue for them, and that's forcing them to get a little pass-heavy. Carson Beck has thrown over 30 times or averaging over 30 passes a game. And that's not something you would expect from a first-time starter for Kirby Smart. And from a Mike Bobo offense, too. Yeah, so that's a little surprising. So they're not running the ball super efficient. They're pass rush, Nick. Two years ago when Kentucky went down here, they were just, I mean, it was like one of the greatest pass rushers we've ever seen, not just because of the edge guys, because of the linebackers, the inside guys. They just got pressure from everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. This team, it only has like a 37 percent pressure rate. I think they have four sacks through five games. Um, low sack numbers. They are not like getting after the passer like they usually do. In Georgia, like in this game, Kentucky's not going in here and running for 220 yards. But you can't have success running the football against them. Now, Auburn did a lot of it with zone read, QB. But there is – they are ranked ninth, I think, in yards per rush in the SEC. They've been number one in the SEC, just yards per rush, every year since 2019. So you're talking about a long time, and they are not going to be that this year. So you add that in. They're not stopping the run super well. They're not getting after the passer super well, and they want to be a run-heavy offense who is still good at running the football, but they are just – it's not like we're just roll the ball out, we're running for 230 yards today. Like, that's not this operation. They right aren't being now. who they want to be um, is essentially exactly. what you're saying. because Not uh, at the do- peak – not at the levels they're used to operating at. Yeah. They are Especially- down a little bit. Because they have the, the, the cover guys. Like, the secondary is still producing. Secondary is uh, awesome, yes. Tyke Wilson, I believe, is his name. Tyke Smith. I mean, Smith, but Malachi Starks is the best player on the defense. Number 24, the safety, a sophomore, was a five-star. Yeah. Like he's a absolute stud. They got some young corners mm-hmm. that are still growing, but that are good. But they're going to – you know, we hear Kirby Smart say physical. They're going to test your manhood. Like, Kentucky – or Georgia's secondary is going to test Kentucky's receivers' manhood on Saturday. They're going to come up. They're going to bump them. They're going to press. They're going to get in their face, and they're going to make them beat them one-on-ones. And so it's a big challenge with that because you're going to have to pass the football to win this game, and that's the the ultimate question, I think, for Kentucky coming into Saturday. Yeah. Um, the As of today, uh, it, it looks – the way we're feeling. You know, Mark Stoops, he's not a big injury report guy, but you were at practice yesterday – Barry on Brown was not dressed. Tavian Robinson was nowhere to be found. Uh, the I think the easiest way to read it is that if you don't see Robinson out there, he's it's looking 
unlikely. But at least Barion was out there involved. Yeah. I, I, I see. Feels like more of a precautionary, like you need to still be around and involved sort of deal. Luckett's logic says Barry and Brown is playing on Saturday. Luckett's logic says Tavian Robinson is probably going to be close to a game time decision. And I think that's just where we're at on the injury report yeah. with Kenneth Kentucky. Horsey. Kenneth probably Horsey sat, is probably back. So you're probably getting him back. So O line has a key piece. But um, the receivers, top two guys. Could be out, and then your other guy, your number three, has acted like a uh, number twelve. I mean, he's just there's something yeah, going on in his head right now. We're like, he could be the best player on the field for Kentucky on Saturday if we see the best version of Dan Key, but we haven't. I mean, yeah, he's, he's the yeah. player that they need to step up to make tough physical catches. Hey, and I'll throw out another one. This is this is a game built for Isaiah Cummings, man. I'm those linebackers cannot cover these Kentucky tight ends. They, they're not ready for that. If they could take advantage of those mismatches and use your hands, I mean, we have not, we haven't seen it from Isaiah in a game like situation in two years. So, Kentucky has the potential there, but like, are they going to do it? Can they do it? And and that's 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 ultimately what a lot of this comes down to. Me, Luckett, is it's all the pieces are in play to potentially make the big plays, but I just I gotta. You got to prove me wrong because we we haven't seen it on a regular basis, particularly from the pass catchers and hell, and also from the quarterback. Yeah, my thing here, Nick, Kentucky can win this game, and I see some people in the chat saying like, maybe I think Kentucky's a better team. I don't think Kentucky's a better team. Georgia's the better team in this matchup, but Kentucky can win this game if the receivers play well. If the receivers go out and make plays and make competitive catches and win one on ones and catch the ball when their quarterback throws to it. But there's been nothing to this point in the season, Nick, that makes me think that that's going to happen on Saturday. I mean, mm-hmm. you're basing it just solely off of potential. Like, yeah. Oh, I think this is a week. You just look at Devin Leary's numbers here, Nick. He's had Kentucky's receivers have 11% drop percentage. Most of that, Barry and Brown and Dane Key. Yep. And then he's got over 14% of his passes have ended – or 14% right on the number have been pass breakups or interceptions. Five interceptions, 15 pass breakups. I would say seven or eight of those pass breakups are just batted balls at the line. Yep. So you add the 11% drop rate, you add the 14% PBUINT rate, 25% of the passing plays <laughs> are hitting somebody's hand, and they're either being dropped by Kentucky receivers – or they're, or they're being caught or PBUs by the defenders. Like that's a core one every out one out every four passes. You you just take it, throw it out, throw it in the trash. I mean that's that's how the passing game's operating right now, and that's just not sustainable no, for what no. Kentucky wants to be. They're throwing over thirty times a game. It's not like you know what well, would be worse if they were throwing less, but you know it's just it's it's a tough way to live. And until that changes, you know you're not you're not gonna. You're not going to beat a team of the caliber of Georgia. Kentucky is good enough to go on this into that stadium and go win. They've got the coaches, they got the talent, they got the quarterback that can do it, they got the defense, they got the whole, the whole, all of it that they need. But where you have to win this game, and it's been proven over time to beat a Kirby Smart Nick Saban defense, you're just going to have to throw the football. Your quarterback got to make big boy throws, and your receivers got to make one-on-one catches. One, they got to win in isolation and make explosive plays 
we have how do how do how do you trust the Kentucky well receivers to do that? That's why I, it's hard for me to envision Kentucky going and actually winning this game. I think they can keep it close. I think they can hang around for a long time, but to win it, that's what's got to happen. And I don't know if that can happen. Yeah, and and I will say there is. Um, I have a little bit more optimism than normal that Kentucky can produce some explosive plays on the ground, um, whereas in the past your running game was much more methodical. Uh, yeah, Ray Davis, he's he's got eight plays at thirty yards or more. Like he can help produce some. He's pop got a pop too. One. Yeah, and 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 the thing that I think is most important is you can you can't be one dimensional, or else they'll just they'll they will feast. Um, and, and I think that's what's most important in this game. In addition to the receivers playing well, them playing well gives Ray Davis a chance to, to produce some big plays. So um, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, Luckett. I, 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 I see some potential there, but doing it is a whole different story. Um, but what you need to do right now, if you've got a teacher in your life, you need to go to Eckrich.com. All right, Eckrich. They are presenting the $1 million challenge for teachers. The teacher in your life could win a million bucks, but they can't do it if you don't go to Eckridge.com under their promos to nominate your teacher right now. You've got until October 26th to nominate your teacher. They're going to randomly select somebody to go to the Alabama game, throw a football for a million bucks in donations to fund local classroom projects and resources in their school and community. Which school couldn't use a million dollars? They, they all could take it, right? That's that's a lot of iPads for kids. That's a lot of school supplies. So do it today. Sign them up. Even if you're the teacher in your life can't hit the hit the, hit the hoop, hit the throw the ball in the hole. Extra yard for teachers. They're gonna hook them up with our friends at Eckridge. Eckridge. If you don't even know a teacher, just go go buy some Eckridge sausage. It's great stuff. Uh, just like Athens, great place to go watch a football game. If you've never been before. We'll be out and about. We'll be amongst them Friday night. Very excited to go up and down Clayton Street. Peak has never been before. He's going to get mm-hmm. his first taste. Um, last time we took a first-timer there, like it, um, <laughs> we had somebody like choke somebody. It was a whole ordeal. Um, the time before that, it was also a first time I was there, and a friend got thrown out of the bar, and we all got a round of drinks paid for us. They're like, yeah, that guy was a real jerk. So we took the round of drinks. A couple of minutes later, we said, yeah, can we have his credit card? He was with us. So uh, Clayton's Gas station nachos may have been in there at some point. Oh, great place to make memories. If you like hard-boiled, uh, what is it, the uh, boiled peanuts? Boiled peanuts, which, yeah. Which, like, I don't. If you like Bulldog statues, this is the town for you. I mean, there's <laughs> no better town. Um, they've got some Buckies on the way down. Um, I'm, That's right. It's, 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 just a, it's a great place. It's a great environment. Um, to watch a football game. Um, I think our plan is to potentially be out at All Good on Friday night. Uh, if you're looking for late-night eats, that might be tough after a 7 o'clock kick. What was the place that we uh, watched the Braves game from? Like, can you remember that? that it was like was it Mellow Pig? Mushroom? No, we did Mellow Mushroom one time. Blind Pig? Blind Pig, yeah. yeah. That place rocks. Yeah. yeah. If you, if you they had one of those somewhere. in Oxford, too. Blind Pig's... That, 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 that place is a nice, like... Let's eat, grab some grub. I guess the playoff, the Braves are going to be playing some playoff baseball. This we got weekend. two Friday night games, too. Two college football games Oklahoma State, K State, and Illinois, Nebraska. So, well, you know, this is tonight is the start of 50 straight days of football. Yes. And it actually ends the day before Thanksgiving. So we get one night off before Thanksgiving. Uh, Feast week will at least be in full effect. So we'll get some college basketball then. But 50 straight nights. 
they're starting the action earlier. I like it. Uh, Western's becoming a Thursday night only team. They're playing tomorrow night. Yeah, see what's what's happening to CUSA hit for October. They're just doing action, like they're doing the MAC blueprint, but in October. So we're getting yeah CUSA games all month. It's great um, weekdays, Tuesday, oh. Wednesday, Thursday, and tonight started it with uh, Jacksonville uh, State. Jacksonville State, Middle Tennessee. I, I yeah. couldn't remember if there was another game tonight, but I know there is another one. But CBSN and uh, ESPNU, I think, for a lot of them, um, yeah. The, th- the the Thursday night NFL game is. I mean, does anybody? Where are Michaels? <laughs> Chicago Bears, like that's, it's tough. Watching them play football is tough. Not at least you're not a Bears fan like it. At least yeah. you're not a Bears fan. Uh, I don't. Let's talk about something else. We don't have to talk about NFL right now. <laughs> Hey, I cheer for the Steelers, and uh, I mean that Iowa football and them share a uniform for a reason. I mean it's just punt, punt city. Um, which I was listening to the the Iowa or is it Hawkeye Report? Is our Iowa site? Yes. He was on with Staples last night. Yes, I, yeah, I saw. I caught a little bit too. That was I was very amused by, it, especially because he is, was definitely a traditional like newspaper slash message board journalist, and he's not used to the – he doesn't have the delivery of a YouTuber, but, man, some of his quips were great because now Iowa has a fat quarterback, and it's it's hilarious. Bacon yeah, Hill. I, yeah, I think <laughs> Deacon. I think Deacon. Are they calling him Bacon? They're calling him Bacon, uh, yeah, because he's 260. Hell, yeah. I saw where they were talking Polynesian. about – they were talking about playing um, Cooper DeGene both ways, and, I mean, why wouldn't you? He's your yeah. best player. I mean, he's but Nick, I have already a qu- doing that with special teams. I have a question for you. Okay. How big is this Kentucky game just in the Kentucky sphere? Like, this is one of the biggest games of our lifetime. So, part right? of me, it, like, okay. When I – I mean, this is for first place in the East. Like, Yeah, yeah, but here, here the reason why it's not, though, like, it is the timing of it. Because uh, playing yeah. it – Playing in week six doesn't feel as consequential because Kentucky upset number one LSU in week six back in 2007, and then they yeah, lost but, the next two weeks yeah, later to Mississippi State. You own the tiebreaker, and you'll have three games under your belt. No, you're you're correct, but it doesn't feel as monumental because it isn't right there right now. It's on the road, so you don't have the, the whole like state buzzing because they're going to the game on Saturday. But from a purely stake standpoint – like what a win would mean for Kentucky. We talk a lot about that Florida game and ending that streak and kind of lifting. They they, they had to to do that so they could fly, right? Like you got to walk before you can run, that sort of thing. Mark Stoops couldn't knock down doors until he knocked down the Florida one. That was the biggest one. Going to a bowl game is one thing. Doing the Florida game was another. This is the this is the final boss. And, yeah. they've, and they've been to this level before. And I think the only reason why some folks maybe aren't getting up as much is because, I mean, frankly, it is a little, I don't want to say demoralizing, but like getting up for, like convincing yourself that you're going to beat Georgia again, it's really tough. I mean, it hadn't been since 2009, right? Like it's been a long time. Yeah, um, yeah but there was only, like, yeah, I guess, but like, I don't know. I guess I've been in 2021 with a different mindset just because I knew how good that Georgia team was. In 2018, you know, like we were – like that was, that was later later in the season. Yeah, but Kentucky, yeah. it's offensive score, four touchdowns in three games, entering that – three SEC games, entering that. Like, 
Well, and, and they probably wanted that if they could have got like three turnovers. See, and that's the other dirty little secret here, Luckett, is I, I, I was, uh, I forgot who it was. I was talking to one of the coaches at a camp, and, and they were like, "Remember watching Wandale against Georgia? It's like we need, we need to have a team full of Wandales." They went and recruited them, but they haven't played like it, and that that that's the. That really is the biggest thing I think holding everybody back is knowing that you have to be able to make explosive plays in the passing game to beat Georgia because Kentucky's had a methodical offense. Uh, they've they've had long drives against them that have moved the ball. They've moved the ball as well as anybody against them, but they've never had explosive playmakers really right. deliver those punches. You went out and you got them, and they haven't done it yet this year. You were supposed to use that four-game runway to feel – confident in this passing attack by now and we just haven't seen it yet now to put it, the shoe on the other foot here's here's me being i've been pessimistic this whole night look it here's me being optimistic lsu game back in 2007 that was week six <laughs> what happened in in week six in 2021 that was will levis's best game at kentucky probably i mean within both years right production wise yeah. it, it took Cohen a little while to get that offensive click. We saw, we've seen in the last two weeks, Cohen really, Cohen and White both really getting their bag in those opening yeah. possessions. He talked about it Tuesday night being really aggressive. I like the red zone play calls. They didn't execute them um, when they got down in between the 10. Maybe just give the damn ball to Ray Davis, you know, a little bit more too, um, instead of, you know, hanging one there off to, to Jaton after Ray helped get you down there. But the creativity that Cohen has shown, if you can get everybody on the same page early on, you set the tone, you make Georgia play from behind, which they don't want to do, you can apply some second half pressure that that I mean that is that's the playbook, right? Is uh, yeah. start fast, play from ahead, and, and and make Georgia try to catch up. Yeah, I mean Kentucky like it's kind of crazy to say this, but Kentucky's got the line, the O line to play in both sides of the ball to play in this game. The, like the, Georgia's the, pressure rates at like thirty percent, and they don't have the bendy, twitchy S rushers that just scare you. Like, yeah, you know, Mike, I mean, Mike, Michael Williams is like a JJ Weaver. It's a lot of just bull, power bull run bulls. over you. Yeah, it's yeah. not. I'm, you know, I'm coming out of my sprinter stance, and I'm going to bend this corner. It's different. And inside guys, like that's the weak weaker part of their defense. They don't have. There's not a Jalen Carter. There's not a Jordan Davis. There's not a Devontae White. Uh, in there. So they're a little weaker there. And, you know, like, so you have that in Kentucky, you feel good about it. Like, if you would have told me all of this, you would have brought out this scenario and you wouldn't have told me anything about the receivers of Leary, what happened, but you told me everything else. I'd have been like, well, hell, Kentucky can win this game. Yeah. And that's the the frustrating part of all this is just like, well. The hardest part Kentucky's done. Yeah. (laughs) It's just the, 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 the given of this team. It's not been the given. Yeah. The the other part of this that is, um, sh- I don't know if shocking is the right word, um, but Georgia's inability to rush the passer. And then this offensive line, I know even without Mims, I mean, Cedric Van Pan, uh, Van, what a... Uh, Cedric, Cedric Van Pran. And most of that pass rush production, Nick, not to cut you off, but like yeah. half of that came against South Carolina. Oh, which... Like, they haven't been really able I, to rush the you, passer on anyone else. You and I could get to Spencer Rattler. Like, yeah. I, I still got... Swim move be cooking. Yeah. Swim move would be cooking <laughs> that night. But, like, on the other side, I mean, 
there's a lot of preseason all SEC guys. Like Cedric Van Praan is supposed to be the best center in the conference, but like I got no doubt that Dion's going to blow his ass up, right? Like Kentucky's going to win their fair share of battles on that side of the ball, sure. right? Um, and and put some pressure on Carson Beck. And then here's the the other part too. Uh, we're going to get to our FanDuel single game parlay. I was really tempted to uh, throw the Brock Bowers under in there, but like that yes. that feels like a it's fool's errand. But, but like if anybody has the the people to cover that guy, it's Kentucky, isn't it? If, if here's my question for you: If you're Brad White, would you rather stick Trevin Wallace on him when he's lined up as a split end, or would you rather use Wallace to apply pressure on Carson Beck? I I'm gonna point Wallace rushing the passer. <laughs> Just full stop. Uh, but the thing about Brock Bowers is Nick, like we we do this a lot. Oh, just put whoever put, on him. But he's not lining up in the same spot. I mean, he's lining up all over true. the place. And you're not, like, sometimes Kentucky's going to be in zone. Sometimes they're going to be in man. Well, yeah. Depending yeah. on personnel. But, or Georgia in 12, Georgia in 11. He, he, Georgia okay. really in 10 with them playing receiver. Like, but but, just a lot of but that more, more I, I think more specifically, if you're manned up with a pressure package, are you going to switch and put D-Jack on him if he's lined up as a split end, right? Like, are you just saying, actually, Trevin, we're not going to bring you on this pressure because if if we're going to man up with him and not use a corner, let's use you. I I know that's I'm I'm very narrowing the the gap there, but you're going to say, Trevin, just go tackle him. Bowers can't catch the ball if Beck's on his back, right? Like that's that's yeah. the line of thinking. Do what um, you do best. Trevin Wallace, his best attribute so far this season has been rushing the passer. Would be really nice if those Georgia linebackers stepped up because you know love Chris. He never played well in this game. Uh, he's like the one Georgia native that it just I don't know. It was, it was in his head there. But hey, I'm tired. I'm tired of messing around. Let's get to the Fanduel portion of the podcast. Fanduel, you know him, you love him. Fanduel Sportsbook, the best sportsbook in America. Online sports betting is live. New customers can place a $5 bet and receive up to $200 in bonus bets. Head over to Fanduel.com right now. Sign up with the promo code PERSONNEL. That's Fanduel.com slash PERSONNEL to get in on the action right now with Fanduel. Must be 21 and over and present in Kentucky. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable. Bonus bets which expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Love Fanduel. Look at my favorite part about Fanduel is winning some early window NFL games and then placing some afternoon ones before they start. I haven't like I, I'm I was. It's so great that we've got mobile sports gambling with Fanduel right now in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. We will not in Georgia um, this weekend, so we, we got a little spoiled. We're gonna have to get ourselves ahead of time. But the NFL has not been something that we've been able to just. Oh wait. Of course the Patriots aren't going to score more than 17.5 points. Here's an easy bet, right? And then they give you some bonus bets to sprinkle in there. FanDuel, it's the best. If you haven't signed up with them, sign up today. And sign up with our single-game parlay. Look it. I'll let you kind of take the reins on this one. Um, we, we were at least in the right ballpark. I know a lot of folks got in on Kentucky last week, uh, just minus 1.5. I was all in on... For this week, getting the look ahead line at Kentucky plus twenty three and a half. 
but this week we've got six legs. Can you can you can you break it down for us? Because the the first one off the bat we already discussed the first quarter spread cats plus three and a half. But let's get a little rationale elsewhere because I was just wanting to hammer the Kentucky defense under on everything Georgia. Yeah, you just look at first quarter, Nick. Just these two SEC games, Kentucky's jumped out to a 21-0 lead and a 16-0 lead. 37-zip first quarter. And Georgia scored, I think, 17 total points. Yeah, all season. In the first quarter, all season. So you're getting three in the hook. You're getting points and not laying points here. So I like that. We've talked about passing. Kentucky's going to have to pass it to win uh, to win this game or to, and to hang around. You're going to have to throw – like even in the red zone, Nick, I think you're probably going to have to throw it in there. Um, yeah. So I think Devin Leary, passing TDs, over a half. Sign me up. Um, Nick, they've never scored over 31 against Brad White as a defensive coordinator. Yeah. yeah. 31 and I- a half. Give the, the, I mean, simple, just play the under here in a game that's going to be limited possessions on top of all that. Like, uh, if Georgia gets 10 possessions in this game, you're going to need them to score three points per drive, over three points per drive. That's I, a lot against I a really asked, good Kentucky defense. I asked Palmer what his magic number was, and he said 27. And I was like, man, I don't know if either team's going to get to 27 points. I, I think, mean, I think it's a race. Four probably wins. I was just, hey, this is, might be a race to 20, right? Like, it's, I think yeah. it's going to be a slobber knocker if you're, if you're considering just you want one, like, Easy, not easy, but one simple bet. Maybe just the under here. Maybe just the under. Yeah. And then Tavian Robinson banged up. We don't know if he's going to play. Uh, I would. And Tavian Robinson, like he's had a really good year, Nick, but go look at his numbers last year against, against power SEC conference teams. teams. Yeah. It was bad. It was really bad. So under 42 and a half. He's got to prove that. Danky. I know we talked about him. He's got to play better. Like, this is a spot for him. I wouldn't be surprised if Kentucky gives him an easy reception or two early in this game. Over two and a half. I, again, right. again, I think you're give the Kentucky's going to have to lean a little pass heavy in this game. So that means some target. That should mean some targets for Key, especially if one of the either Barryan or Tavian's out. Like, he's going to get a lot of looks. So over two and a half receptions. And then Dajan Edwards, uh, running back for Georgia. Their number one running back. You know what Georgia wants to do. They want to run the football. So when they get in the red zone, they're running it. So give Dajan Edwards anytime touchdown score. Yeah, he's got a touchdown in every game he's played this year so far, the the Georgia running back. So um, they're going to give it to him. They're going to let him eat in the red zone. This 11 personnel single game parlay plus 2,500 odds and change. So $10 bet will win you uh, about 275. So mess around. Play the single game parlay with us. It's a lot of fun with our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. We appreciate you. What was the odds on that, Nick? It was like 25, 28, something like that. But it was, you know, plus 2,500 and change. So that's always fun. I I still, I've yet to hit one of these big single game parlays. Because I like to do the the multiple things. Some, Some of those out there are only three or four. It's like three to four odds. Like that just... Three or four to one is not that much more juice versus a winning bet. Like, just give me a winning ticket. And I'll t- I'll give you the rake. You know, right? Like uh, that, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, at least be five six, make it worth your worth your while. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Got to really juice that bad boy up. Uh, but I, as I alluded to earlier, like I, I am pretty confident that this Kentucky defense is going to give Georgia fits. Um, I feel very confident about that. This. 
they showed me a lot in that Florida game, and it's not just because they were able to beat up a bad Graham Mertz offense. I mean, this team's ability to get production from so many different places, it's it's just it's very well balanced, Um, and the cornerbacks, the the dog they've shown, right? Like the unflinchability. You know, uh, Phillips getting mossed on there at the one yard line. But then going and making a tackle on third down, right, to, to force a fourth down and end the game. Like, that that's the kind of stuff that, like, they got heart. They got heart. And that, that's, the dog in them? They got their dog in them. Ooh. The cat's got some dog in them. And, and so, I – if Kentucky wins this game, Bucket, I, I laid out the scenario earlier where it's the, the first quor, quarter, you create some explosives. I think the difference is that – like a lot of this just really comes down to is Kentucky going to take advantage of these opportunities against Florida? They turn that interception into a touchdown two plays later, right? Vandy pick six is booming in the end zone. This defense is going to create some havoc against this Georgia team. And that, that's why Auburn was in that game last week, right? Cause Carson Beck had some turnovers. Can you take advantage of them? They have it in the past. They have to turn those into touchdowns. Kentucky's the 13th ranked red zone team in the sec. 13 to 17 in the red area. You have to, you cannot kick field goals and beat this team. You cannot because your opportunities down there are rarer than Mr. Clean with hair. Go take advantage of every opportunity that this defense is going to give you because I, I think this Kentucky defense is the best unit on the field. Am I, am I wrong? I, Georgia's a better team, but I think Kentucky's defense, case? I, I think it's the best unit on the field. Yeah. Um, Nick, when you, Brock Bowers is great. But when your number one weapon is a tight end and you're tagging that with a pocket passer, inexperienced pocket passer, you're not built to be explosive on offense. Nope. You're not. You're just not. And so creating explosive, I think, is going to be an issue for Georgia in this game. Georgia is going to win the efficiency battle. But Kentucky is a more explosive team in this matchup. And that's why they have a real chance to win this game because they are going to hit the explosives. It's just do they make how how big are the explosives and how much do they make them count, uh, which is kind of the big thing. Does can Georgia keep a forty yard play down to a twenty yard play kind of thing, or Kentucky make a forty yard thirty yard play a forty five yard play? Um, that's the kind of thing that's going to make the difference in this game. And again, Kentucky's going to hang around as long as there's not a catastrophic turnover or special team situation. Nick, I really do think this is going to be a one possession game in the fourth quarter. I really do believe. This is – it got a little hairy last year against Georgia for Georgia, yeah. but I think this is going to be the first time where Kentucky's really put game pressure on Georgia in a game um, since 2016, in my opinion. I mean, 2017 they hung around, but um, you knew Georgia was just a snap away from breaking away. This year I think Kentucky's really going to put some pressure on them. Their defense is more than good enough to win this game against this Georgia offense that's taken a step back. Uh, and then offensively, they can hit explosives like they've never been able to hit before. So it's going to be different how Georgia kind of defends them. Uh, and so we'll have to see how that all plays out. But Kentucky is good enough to – if things if they get a break or two, they can win this game. But, like, there's no getting around the quarterback and receiver. Those That trio has – that duo trio has to play well. And they need to make tough, physical, 50-50 competitive catches on Saturday to win the game. Can they do it? Uh, I don't know, but we'll find out. 
It'll what did you think of Stoops' comments this week, though, Nick? Or not Stoops, but um, well, Stoops, there's been, it's been yeah. reported that the I'll guess at the teleconference, yeah, yeah, that yeah. they're not practicing well. I don't know because it. I don't think Stoops is doing it just to do it. Yeah, maybe he's trying to play games of Kirby, right? Uh, maybe this is his way of acting. I don't know. I, I really don't. I don't know if – I'm assuming, like, for the way Freddie put it, Stoops is not a very good bluffer. I've heard that Mark is not a great poker player because of that. Um, Gets mad. <laughs> yeah. Table. So, so I don't – I think he's being genuine in that. I'm just a little surprised that they – like, are, are they complacent? I mean – Yeah, I don't know. I don't uh, know what to take, take of uh, what's going that, on. That, that part does feel just a little – a little bit concerning, um, especially offensively, because it's like, you know, yeah, you've been good enough, but good enough ain't good enough this week. Yeah, I just thought that was. I, I don't know. I didn't. I don't. I still don't know what to. Because I could see like how. What is he mad about? Are they practicing like crap? Or are they just not practicing their standard? Are they not like? Or is it is it a good practice? But we need this to be like great. Yeah. I don't know what they're upset about. So, like, I, I mean, we might not even remember this on Saturday. Are we not? Are we, yeah. are we not? You know, I will we'll say that, that it's got to piss Stoops off that he, he's playing horseshoes and hand grenades with Kirby, right? Their pals are yucking up. They're cut from the same cloth. Um, they got similar mentalities about a lot of things. It's got to piss him off that he hasn't gotten him once. So, I maybe yeah, this, this is the personal. last. This is the well, he needs to win an SEC West Road game. Too. That's out there. But yeah, this is yeah. the last big one that the door they, they got to kick down eventually. If they're going to continue to climb up that ladder that they're, yeah, that they've been climbing, they've not, I mean, like just look at the last three, four years of records against every East opponent other than Georgia. Yeah. I think you can, and Tennessee's obviously the one that, that they got to get fixed to, but you can make the case that this is the second best program in this division yeah. in the last well, five years. Go out and prove now it. They get, now they got to go and you can't just let Georgia win every game. You got to go beat them eventually. And this is the best opportunity, again, they've had since 2016 to go beat Georgia, in my opinion. Well, we're going to give our official predictions Thursday on the Pigskin Preview. Uh, we discovered YouTube doesn't like live Pigskin Preview show, so they're not going to be live. Sorry, folks. Uh, but we will have that show up for you tomorrow afternoon with all of our favorite plays on the FanDuel Sportsbook app for this weekend of college football action. Very excited to get that underway. A uh, lot more coverage, too. Uh, you know, I mentioned that conversation with the Dogs HQ guys. Um, and also, we got a conversation with Dion Walker, who, Dion, he's he's a media darling now. Um, he, he caught up quite a bit with Andy Staples, but I think he enjoyed talking with me a lot more. So, sorry, Andy, but I'm, I guess I'm just way cooler. Um, so, uh, as we send you off here, enjoy this conversation with Kentucky defensive lineman, Dion Walker. Did you know Morgan & Morgan is America's largest injury law firm? Morgan & Morgan even covers you if you get hurt in Sandwich, Illinois, or why not North Carolina? It's easy. Just dial pound law or go to forthepeople.com to get started. Nick Roush here with Dion Walker, one of Detroit's finest. You Lions fan? Not really. No. I mean, they were so bad for so long. I can't yeah, blame so you. Yeah, so it's like... Uh, They're good now, though. Can you hop back on the bandwagon? No. 
I'm not a bandwagon person. Okay. Know? So do you, you have an OG team? Um, Cowboys or Ravens. Okay. Cowboys defense is pretty good right now. Yeah. Yeah, so is the Ravens. Um, and it's it's funny. I remember you, you're doing the shoot with Morgan and Morgan. Mm-hmm. And I still remember when Morgan and Morgan did their first Size Matters billboard, and it was mm-hmm. a Jordan Davis. And it's like, yeah, uh, that matters. <laughs> you're you're about Jordan Davis size too. Yeah. But he's not your favorite player. Who you mentioned your favorite player the other day, and I want mm-hmm. I want you to explain why. Uh, he's Calais Campbell, you know. Um, he's really my size point. Jordan Davis more of a run stopper, while Calais has better hips, more versatile, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be a one trick pony. He's got a lot of juice. He's got a lot of wiggle, and yeah. the other part of why I like Calais Campbell too is. He was Josh Allen's right-hand man. He was the guy who helped Josh when he first got to the Jags. Yeah. And uh, he's still doing his thing, man. He's like yeah. 38 years old or yeah. something, still out there balling. Yeah, that's crazy. He does a lot of different stuff. We saw you against Akron. Mm-hmm. You were in a nine technique, not in a three-point <laughs> stance? Yeah. What? What? Uh, you know, that's Coach White. He just helped us. Uh, he just wants to use me everywhere, you know, um, to give me more one-on-ones. So everyone on the my, uh, defensive line can eat. So how's it different if you, like, just from a pass rush standpoint, is it easier, is it harder to go from that? Because I noticed the dude barely touched you. Like, you beat him off yeah. the line. You did. I said most tacklers don't think, don't know about my quickness. So when I surprise them with it, it's easy, you know? Okay, so I want to I wanna ask you if you love or hate this. Um, French fries. Love. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, ice cream. Love. Uh, double teams. Hey, <laughs> with do the you, passion. Do you? Is that like your least favorite thing in the world right now? Yeah, but I mean, it's like a, we got a love hate relationship. I hate <laughs> it, but my teammates love it. You know. <laughs> That's it, well, and it's also it's it's probably something you're gonna have to like get used to dealing with because I'd imagine, yeah. no matter when you're playing football, they're gonna want two guys blocking you. Yeah, and as long as. I'm taking up two. That's nine on ten. Really yeah. eight because quarterback throwing the ball. That's true. That's true. And you're like hitting quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, is there? Do you got a favorite like speed rush, inside rush? You got you got a preferred method to get to that quarterback? Um, my favorite move right now, I say, is speed to power, speed bull, stutter bull. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Going right at him and then getting them on their heels when they're yeah. sliding backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I did need to ask you a question. It's a very important question. Okay. Uh, this was from my boss. It was, uh-huh. it was a demand. She wanted to know, why'd you wear sleeves for a game in September? Isn't that hot? Um, it's fashion, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so you're going for the fashion. Yeah. I, I say I like my I like my outfit, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. just a good look. Yeah, with high socks. Yeah. You know, it's just everything went together. Oh, okay. It just yeah. went together that day. Yeah. Are you a... Uh, is, is, is no sleeves, is that like purely an offensive lineman thing? Um, offensive linemen really like the elbow sleeves. Uh-huh. So um, they can keep their arms locked out, but, uh-huh. you know, yeah, it's not really. But, like, yeah, when it's cold, though, you're from the cold weather. Do you like playing in the cold? Um, not at all. I don't know who <laughs> likes to get. Have you ever got um, smacked on your arm in cold weather when it was snowing it's, and your arms are cold? It's not fun. Top five worst things ever. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and you're using your hands, too. Yeah. Getting hit in the hands, it's like getting a little stabbed in the fingers. Yeah. Not fun. Not at all. Well, that's why the SEC, is that, is, is that really what Vince got you? He's like, yeah. it's hot down here. It was a great incentive. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Dion, I know people love 
watching you play football. Mm-hmm. Also, like the number zero looks good. I mean, yeah. like the Morgan and Morgan and Morgan and Morgan and Morgan and Morgan. That looks good on you too. But I like the zero. Was there any reason why you went with the goose egg? Um, I just wanted a single digit, and that was the only one open. Okay, so fashion. Yeah, fashion. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're just a fashionable I like, guy. I wanted the drip. I mean, you got the drip right now too. You even got the the shoes to match the Morgan and Morgan sweat. Yeah, you know, I I did some research. You know, <laughs> I knew Morgan and Morgan. Their colors were black and yellow, so boom. Had to bring out the thunders. Perfect. That's you right. brought it. You bring it every Saturday at Kroger Field. Dion Walker, ladies and gentlemen.